If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. There are so many things we have to address. This swell day for talk radio, not least of which is this big report that's just come out. And uh, I was talking about it late last hour when antibiotics failed, the growing cost of antimicrobial resistance in Canada. A harrowing story by an expert panel that says that we're going to see bacterial infections that are resistant to treatment to grow from 26% last year to 40% by 2050, and that could cost about 400,000 Canadian lives. What is the deal? Let's find out. Joining us on the line is Dr. John Conley, a member of the expert panel that authored this report with the Council of Canadian uh, Academies. Dr. Conley, good to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Pretty harrowing story here. I mean, 400,000 people by uh, mid-century, and that's up 40% from the 26%. So uh, something is happening that we're maybe shoveling sand against the tide when it comes to these superbugs? Absolutely. And I think we can liken this to a uh, tsunami that's out to sea, but that's going to be hitting the shores a lot sooner than uh, climate changes. And why is that? You know, I think it's a very complex story, uh, and it was uh, laid out by the uh, panel. There are many reasons for seeing uh, why we are in the situation we are today with respect to antibiotic resistance. This particular uh, report looked at it from a One Health lens, so it's unique in that perspective. What do we mean by One Health? That's the intricate uh, interplay between human health, where antibiotics are used, uh, food animal production, um, where, where um, antibiotics are used, and then in the environment where you know crops are sprayed with antibiotics, and we've got antibiotic impregnated toys and dishcloths and other things. It all adds to the general milieu of antibiotic resistance and their genetic determinants get into the environment, and then they cycle through humans, animals, and the environment, and it becomes a never-ending cycle. If I'm to understand it in layman's terms, then uh, we're just overusing antibiotics. Absolutely, in all three uh, facets, the animal production, humans, and in our environment. And so these bugs, these super bugs, I mean, do they mutate? Uh, are they new strains? What happened? Where are they coming from? Because just as we think, it's like whack-a-mole to me. If we think we've beaten one, uh, another more powerful one surfaces. Yeah, that's a great question, and uh, that's precisely, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, these are living, breathing uh, microbes. They're, they're, they're small, hence microorganisms. They're, they're small little ones. The bacteria, they're not uh, visible to the naked eye. And uh, they, in fact, have a mutation rate. Remember, they divide every 20 minutes. So if you think of what happens with humans every 25 years, there's a new generation, and then over tens of thousands of years, uh, new developments occur with these bacteria, it's accelerated so that uh, they can mutate and uh, at a much more rapid rate. So they pick up new genetic determinants uh, quite readily within uh, days compared to the tens of thousands of years that we see changes in, uh, in humans. And as a result, when there's too much pressure on the microbes, they mutate to be able to survive. And hence, we see these drug-resistant bacteria. Some of this a consequence of, say, international travel, uh, greater populations, so on and so forth? No, absolutely, and uh, I think you are probably aware there's been some recent um, 
uh, forays with uh, respect to medical tourism, people going down to uh, you know, Latin America, to the Middle East, the Far East, to get uh, organ transplants, to get cosmetic surgery, hips and knees, uh, with long waiting lists. Um, Health Canada investigated a, a place in uh, Mexico last year where a number of people came back with super drug-resistant uh, bacteria. So certainly that's a part of it. Uh, but we also need to look uh, internally in Canada about our antibiotic use uh, in all of the facets that I was mentioning earlier, and we have to do a better job. So maybe you can tell me how this will also impact people, you know, just regular visits to hospitals and the like. Before you joined us, I was talking about, you know, my own experiences going to visit folks. You've got to be at the Purell station every 14 feet and making sure, you know, and doctors are scrubbing things. We've had incidents that I guess are somewhat muted from public scrutiny, uh, C. difficile in hospitals in the Niagara region and so on. I mean, uh, it's a scary uh, specter that I guess a lot of people don't want to dwell on. Now you've kicked it wide open. So uh, what can we do? You know, there are many things that it was outlined in the panel's report. Uh, there are s- several areas that can be looked at, and I think we need to look at it from um, uh, multiple perspectives. So uh, the general public needs to become more aware. You've, you've touched on that uh, quite wisely. Uh, we see that uh, we need to be uh, doing a better job with hand hygiene. We need to be more judicious about the antibiotics. So when you go to see your um, healthcare professional, and remember, it's not just physicians, there's dentists and veterinarians, others who are prescribing antimicrobials, pharmacists in many provinces now across the country. Do I actually need this? Uh, is there a better diagnostic test that can be done uh, to distinguish between is this just a common cold virus or is this, you know, like a strep or something that needs treatment. We need better um, rapid diagnostic assays. We need a better infection control in our hospitals and the community settings. And then an important aspect is research and innovation. There are many alternatives to antibiotics. People are talking about the microbiome. Can we get a healthier microbiome? Manipulate the microbiome with, with foods, with probiotics. Um, and other things. Canada is an innovative country, and uh, I think with some appropriate investment um, in research and innovation, uh, many things can be done as well. And it's going to take a a spirited approach from federal, provincial, territorial uh, governments, uh, the general public. I think everyone needs to be able to get together and uh, look at this um, in a multifaceted uh, process. Yeah, you're almost alluding to some kind of a national strategy here. Absolutely, and I think uh, that's something that we're going to need. Uh, you know, if you look at what's happening with climate change, I think we need to look at this from a, a national strategy. It's it's complex, though, because as you're aware, uh, the federal government uh, provides some dollars, and uh, I think they need to step to the plate. But uh, healthcare is uh, operationalized at the provincial, territorial level. So I, I think it's going to take combined efforts of government to be able to look at how we can do this better uh, and how we can uh, engage the general public. So it's going to take a, a fair amount of work, but I think this uh, report, and it's very, very Canadian. Uh, there have been other reports. This is not new when we talk about drug-resistant bacteria, but this one is very unique in that it's got great Canadian data that's been accumulated. The panel spent two and a half years pulling this together and then did some very detailed economic modeling. So uh, this is probably the, the, the best of the breed that you're going to get from a Canadian perspective. You said something intriguing just a moment ago, too, uh, when you mentioned probiotics. As a preemptive measure, uh, how effective are probiotics? 
you know, uh, that's an area that we need to explore further. There is some um, recent evidence that suggests it can be uh, helpful with with uh, diarrheal illness uh, associated with antibiotics, and then some recent evidence uh, uh, to suggest that uh, uh, loading with probiotics uh, may be a preventive method for the C. difficile diarrhea that you had mentioned earlier in the uh, uh, in the talk. So I think there's a lot of work that we can do on other uh, products and alternatives to antibiotics to be able to tackle this from different strategies rather than just say, oh, let's just stop using as many antibiotics. Uh, no, that's part of it, but there are many, many other aspects we can look at. Yeah, and you know, less people are uh, perhaps too casual about it, thinking that the medical establishment uh, will always have an answer. Uh, your report also says that uh, resistance could increase the risk and reduce the availability of routine medical procedures like kidney dialysis, joint replacement, chemotherapy, cesarean section, etc. No, absolutely. And, you know, just think of a scenario where you've got someone, uh, each time he goes to see the surgeon, there's this, you know, there's always a risk of a, an infection occurring after an operation because they're cutting through the skin. But uh, what if you're someone who has got diabetes, multiple complications, and then the surgeon says, well, in the event that there is an infection and it's with a with a uh, a bug that uh, we don't have many treatments for, we need to take that into uh, uh, consideration. Uh, I think the risk is too high. Uh, we would be reaching a terrible scenario if uh, people had to be turned away because the risk of them developing uh, a drug-resistant infection for which we had little treatment uh, and then having it spread in the hospital would preclude them from having that very surgery. Yeah, no, uh, Dr. Conley, finally, I uh, picked up on something else here in your report where there's little profit incentive for, for uh, pharmaceutical companies to invest in drugs that quickly cure patients. No, great point. Uh, that's very intuitive for you to pick that out. Um, if you look at the uh, the, the marketplace, uh, you know, a pharmaceutical company may say, well, there's greater money to be made for the shareholders if we've got products that can be taken for a lifelong uh, strategy. Think blood pressure pills or diabetic pills. Uh, antibiotics are used for a short course, you know, five, ten days, and then they're done and then completed. So some incentivization for the pharmaceutical industry may be a part of the solution as well. So that's an important uh, aspect to bring up. All right. Well, and so what are you hoping that this report accomplishes? I mean, uh, obviously, awareness is being raised. Uh, it's now what? The ball's in the court of the governments to do something about it? You know, uh, definitely, it's in the, uh, the, the, the the wall is in the court of the government to be able to look at this, take this seriously, look at the impact, uh, not only on the human aspects of what what it's going to mean to individuals, their families, but also the economic uh, impact uh, from a true Canadian sense, uh, and then also the general public as a wake-up call that, uh, hey, let's get serious about this. Absolutely. Well, when we're talking 400,000 Canadians could lose their lives prematurely because of these superbugs by the middle of the century, it's obviously uh, something that does get our attention. And I appreciate your coming on today and uh, spelling it all out, having been on the panel that uh, has made these recommendations and filed this report, Dr. Conley. Thank you. You got it. Dr. John Conley, again, is a member of that expert panel that I just cited and uh, a professor, a University of Calgary professor specializing in chronic diseases. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.